What's up, everyone? Thanks for joining me. Hopefully, this is coming through decent. I'm recording through my phone. I brought all my equipment. I'm in New York. I brought all my equipment here, but I forgot my one little USB connector thing. And I just do not have the energy to go to a Target right now. So we'll have it for next week. But this week, we're just, we have to record through the phone. So it'll still come through. It'll still be okay. It shouldn't be that bad. Um, not as good audio as normal. But. The show must go on, as they say, right? So here we are. And as I <laughs> and as I do it, I knock it all over. So here we go. Off to a hot start. Welcome. Thanks for joining. A um, couple of things. I mean, things are going all over the place with the markets because uh, the Omicron variant is getting people all excited. It's happening again. Um, I mean, this is. More, I feel like there's. This will be. This we're gonna keep getting variants. So it's just gonna be interesting how the markets respond to it. It 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 kind of feels like. You know, we said it a couple of weeks ago. I feel like we're separating the men from the boys a little bit when it comes to these growth stocks. Uh, even some of my favorites are getting hammered right now, like Square, for example. I've had people hitting me up about Square. Has been taking a little bit of a, a little bit of a shit. It's at one hundred and eighty nine dollars right now, which is kind of crazy. I didn't think it would go sub 200 post the afterpay stuff but afterpay acquisition isn't fully through yet they're supposed to vote on that this was supposed to be today or yesterday but they pushed that meeting back a little bit and so that kind of worries me a little bit i I mean square got the purchase got approved here but now they have to approve it the afterpay folks have to approve it which i don't know why they wouldn't um that should all still go through i mean that's what i'm really hoping i still do believe in square very much in the long term i do think they're going to do just fine you know, we might be in for a little bit of a pain here. Obviously, we are. The stock's down quite a bit from its rec- from its high. Um, but I still believe in, in what they're doing. And um, particularly Jack Dorsey. I'm actually glad he stepped down from Twitter. That was big news this week, Jack stepping down from Twitter. People wanted him to do it for a while because the whole all the Donald Trump stuff back in the day, uh, a couple years ago, yeah, whatever it was. And so people have been wanting him to step down for a while. Um, <clears throat> I have... Very little Twitter stock, just a handful, and I really only bought it because, like, oh, Jack Dorsey runs it and whatever, and there was some crypto stuff being linked to it. Really, I just kind of was chasing a dollar and got burned by it, and so, again, don't do that. I always tell people don't don't invest in something because someone else told you or, you know, believe in it for your own reasons, and so I threw a little bit of money at Twitter just, for, and it was a little silly, but it's fine. It could go to zero and it wouldn't be that big of a deal. I think I only put in like, you know, it's like a handful of shares. So it's not a big deal, but just annoying. I'm glad that Jack is leaving Twitter though, because I was always wondering how he did both, to be honest. I'm like, how is this guy running Square to the extent that he is in, in, in Twitter at the same time, especially with how busy Square has been over the last year? <clears throat> um, and Twitter stock has barely moved. Look, when you look at like tech and you see how much tech has blown up in the last year, Twitter didn't really catch any of that. Twitter missed out on that whole tech party. They didn't catch any of that fun stuff. I don't know what it was or why. It, it, they just did not. The stock has been stalling. So I think it's good for Twitter investors that Jack is leaving. And it's good for Square Invest. It's good for both. Because he's like, hey, man, I'm not giving Twitter my full attention. Um, I'd rather go work on Square. Bit, Jack Dorsey's a huge Bitcoin fanboy and blockchain technology. He's big on all that. I mean, Square's rebranding. They're changing their name to Block. So they're taking the uh, uh, approach, like a Facebook approach, mm-hmm. like they did with Meta. Um, let me turn off my... Sorry, I'm probably hearing vibrations on my phone. Let's mute that. So rebranding to Block. I mean, whatever. That's 
is it good or bad? I don't know. I mean, if you if you're looking at where the company wants to go, it might not be the worst idea. If they, you know, I know Square is building a a decentralized Bitcoin exchange or a cryptocurrency exchange, so that makes sense to to call the company Block. Um, and again, I still like a lot of the stuff that they're doing. All their their suite of services, like the Cash App, their small business charters, <clears throat> their point of sale is still great. And a lot of their services that come, they're expanding that point of sale. Um, to where they, you can do like a ton of a, of your own like analytics. You can build your own website through their um, point of sale system. Um, so there's a lot of stuff you can do with them, and I, I like still where they're going. The stock clearly is taking a hit if the afterpay deal goes through, which it should. I think that's going to be big. People are using afterpay like crazy. I don't know if you've been using it, but I've been people doing their holiday shopping. I see afterpay more than a firm at this point, and I was excited about a firm when it first came out. And I missed buying the stock at lower prices, and it went quickly over 120. And I was like, I'm not touching this. It just got too rich for me. And around 170, I started to say it's getting out of hand, and it needs to go back to 100. And we're almost there. We're at 115. So a firm is is coming back down to earth a little bit. I still think it needs to be sub 100 for me to make any purchase on it. And to be honest, I'm too exposed to the space anyway. Square is my third, or it's in my top five holdings. So I don't feel like I need to add on a firm. That's why I didn't initially. It's cause like, look, why would I add on? Square is a better company with more services, with m- more revenue, more established. I'll just buy more of that because they're going to acquire Afterpay and they're going to be a part of that space anyways. And even if Square didn't acquire Afterpay, they could build that service themselves. I feel like they could make their own buy now, pay later. I don't know why they wouldn't. If that Afterpay deal fell through for some reason, it would have to be because... Jet Square and Jack Dorsey and the gang were like, we'll just make our own. We can do it for less than $28 billion. or twenty. They paid $29 billion for Afterpay, <clears throat> which isn't a bad price necessarily when you look at the market cap of a firm and things like that. But when you look at, um, uh, you know, the bigger, hang on, just got distracted. Yeah, I mean, a firm... It's you know as it gets low if it gets a little bit lower I'll I'll come in but when looking at the market cap I'm just I keep looking comparing it to the afterpay purchase of 29 billion so it's like if a firm is worth more than 29 I don't know because people were kind of hesitant to be like I don't know if Square should have paid 29 billion for afterpay but then once a firm quickly shot up to like a 45 50 billion dollar cap it's like oh maybe it was a good idea and like I said I've been seeing afterpay more than a firm I've used afterpay more than a firm. Um, just because, like I said, if they're going to give me free credit, I'm going to take it forever. So if they're going to keep doing that, then yeah, give it to me. Um, and I say again, square, it's annoying. Uh, this is the, the annoying part of dollar cost averaging is as things come down, you're like, all right, where's it going to keep finding the bottom? I'm going to keep buying. Where's the bottom? So I've been buying shares, you know, at 200, 208. 198 and now we're at 189 so it's like all right where's the fucking bottom let's find it here so we'll keep uh we'll keep looking for it but we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes um moving on let's talk about uh a couple of other things um amazon we talked about it last week was goldman sachs pick of the week for 2022 we'll go figure on tuesday of this week 
they announced a two-year partnership with AWS, Amazon Web Services, for cloud computing for their investment firms. Huh, funny how that works. It's like my favorite thing with finance is how like not sly these companies are and think they are. To be like, as soon as I saw that, I remember saying like, hey, I'm glad that Goldman Sachs thinks that. Like they, they have influence and they have money, so I'm glad that they're saying that. But why are they saying that? It's the first thing I think. Like, okay, I get it. Of course, it has to be heavily because of AWS. And then literally a few days later, they announced a two-year partnership with Amazon. So go figure. It's their top stock pick. And I'm sure, and they have, they're heavily invested in them anyways. And then on that same day, uh, NASDAQ, the NASDAQ, the, the, the market, like, you know, the stock exchange, the NASDAQ, announced a partnership with AWS as well for Amazon Web Services to bring the NASDAQ to the cloud, which is crazy. So it's like, as soon as I saw that news, I bought like $500 more worth of Amazon stock just because it's like, okay... They're clearly not going to go anywhere. I believe in Amazon anyways. And not because of their Amazon Prime bullshit. Like, yeah, they could make more money with their Prime Video and all that. And their e-com business is great. But really, it's AWS. It's the web services. It's cloud computing that's that's killing it. And I keep saying it almost every week at this point. So, uh, you know, buy the stock just for that alone. Um, here, Oh, I can't pause this. Um all right. I'm excited to talk about this next thing. Uh, we've been talking about it all year, Novonix, and I'm sure people are, if they haven't bought the stock, they've got to be sick of hearing of it. And I'm mad at myself for not adding more as I've been talking about it literally all of this year. But Novonix, big news, breaking, uh, let's talk about, we talked about the factory they built in Chattanooga, Tennessee. It was an old GE factory that they paid $160 million to repurpose and bring up to speed and uh, to make this graphite anode material that they use for battery packs. Um, and so basically uh, what's what's going to happen is I was kind of digging through that article a little bit more and ooh, did this stop the recording? I hope not. No. Okay. Let's see. I'm going to check these numbers here that I have. Uh, so, cause I was digging through a little bit more and I found some interesting numbers about that, that facility specifically that kind of, that got me quite excited. So, but <clears throat> the graphite that they're going to be making at this Novonix facility. So let's use Tesla for an example, a modern Tesla battery, a, uh, a modern EV battery, modern Tesla battery cell needs about, about, about 10% of it's made up of graphite, which is the stuff that Novonix is providing. Um, so about 54 kilos for an 800, for an 85 kilowatt hour battery pack that weighs about 540 kilos or 1,200 pounds for doing the math. So that factory expects to put out 10,000 metric tons of material a year by 2023. And then by 2025, they're expecting 40,000 metric tons of, of that graphite material. So if Novonic hits 10 metric tons in 2023, that's enough for 200,000 Tesla battery packs. And then let's forex that for 2025, you know, what, 800,000? 800, 800,000 battery packs they can provide by then. And Tesla has the sales numbers. And even if it wasn't Tesla, they can sell to anyone. They're not, I mean, they have deep Tesla connections, like we say. Their lead researcher is Professor Jeff Don, right in Nova Scotia, right by one of their research facilities, who is Tesla's lead researcher. So... <clears throat> 
you know, Tesla could make an acquisition. It'd be smart if they did to corner the market to be like, hey, we own Novonics. We're only the, we're getting this material. We own them. And if you want it, you can go through us. It would be smart for them to do that. They haven't acquired them yet, obviously, but the stock just doesn't stop. Even on bad days, Novonics will be my only stock that's popping. And last week I talked about like, screw it. I'm just going to put more money in Novonics and just forget about it. <coughs> Not a bad move. Um, so I'm kind of debating just going heavy on Novonics. I'm trying to wait for a little bit of a price break here, but we're not getting any. You know, $8 going into $9. It probably hit $9 tomorrow. And so it's like, I guess I initially said like under $10 is a good buy-in price. And so I should take advantage of that before it is over $10 because we're approaching that quite quickly here. Um but what I love about this company is like I just have so much conviction with it. There's so much good news behind this company. And I was talking to a good friend of mine, and it's like, you know, you might think people might think like, oh man, I look at the chart, it might be getting ahead of itself. Like, where how much higher can it go? Well, when you look at like what they're doing and their production numbers, Novonics is a better business than Rivian. And Rivian's worth over a hundred billion dollars. When you look at the EV space, I believe in Novonics more than Rivian. They're a better business. They actually make money. They actually have revenue. They're actually making stuff that people want. They're a sustainable business. Rivian, I'm not so sure. Because Rivian still needs to find out how much it's going to cost to make those trucks at scale. Like Elon said right away, hey, good prototype, but make it at scale for profit. That's the trick. And that's what almost bankrupted Tesla over the last 10 years until recently. So he, he Elon always says, like, hey, man, it's easy to make a prototype. It's not hard to make a prototype. It's making it at scale. It's making the machine that makes the machine. That's the trick. And so... You know, we're also, I'm interested to see what happens with that, you know. Um, again, I, I'm, I'm going to side with Novonics. Uh, even some Michigan connections, the Secretary of Energy, uh, Jennifer Granholm, was at the opening of this Chattanooga facility. She was the former governor of Michigan, my neck of the woods. So, and just the, all the incentives, I think we talked about this last week, all the EV incentives and infrastructure stuff that they're pushing, it's only going to help companies like Novonics. And like I said, you know, it's the gold rush. Sell the shovels. That's what they're doing. Novonics is selling the shovel of the gold rush. It's pretty legit. Um, and then another, you know, last company on my list here that I want to kind of go through a little bit is, of course, Apple. Um, and actually, there's a couple more. But Apple, always buy Apple. They're surging. Uh, they're hitting new highs. I think they're taking a little bit of a cool off today, but they hit another all-time high yesterday in the 160s, like almost 170. Uh, they're surging on some new products finally coming out of like because for f the last five years, Apple hasn't had any new products, but the company's still been killing it. They've updated, but they haven't had like massive. It's just been you know they've updated their MacBooks, uh, they've updated their phones, obviously, things, AirPods, things like that. The AirTags were cool, but that hasn't been like a major product like when the ipad came out that was huge we'd never seen a tablet before we we're like oh holy shit what is this and that was a whole market for tablets you know apple's been good is good about that kind of stuff when they made the iphone they made a whole market for the smartphones so and now they're uh, i think next year they're coming out with augmented reality goggles so that's the next thing um i keep thinking like i need a i would love to see them make a tv and if they had these augmented reality goggles that'd be a sweet thing to connect with the tv because i really think that if even if like i know the margins aren't good on on televisions but <clears throat> apple would they could just charge to make up the difference because apple has such strong branding that people would pay i mean people would pay four thousand dollars for an apple tv they would you know i'm right fuck they'll pay five they'll pay five grand the right the right people 
would pay $5,000 for an Apple TV, for like the high-end one. They get started at 25, right? And go up to like 5K. They totally could and get away with it. Um, and they have these augmented reality goggles. That'd be something to, to integrate with it. Um, but the stock's been popping. Massive phone sales as usual. Um, iPad sales are huge in Europe. I guess Apple's getting more popular in Europe. Always good news. Let's just click on, on the Apple stock ticker, see if there's any extra news coming up uh, recently. Um, I mean, it's so funny. There was an analyst that said like yesterday or two, two days ago, he's like, Apple can sell 10 million iPhones over the holiday season or something like that, some crazy number. And then I look on the Apple's, uh, their stock app, and the first article I see is Apple stock slides after report company warns suppliers on weakening iPhone demand. <laughs> it's like it's just a never ending circus where it's like one day it's it's just different every day where it's like conflicting news day to day. Square, I'd really appreciate it if they got their shit together down at 186 as I'm looking now. But every all my big boys are taking some hits today. Tesla's taking a cool off. Oh, dang. Tesla's taking a pretty decent cool off. Heading down to a thousand. If Tesla goes under a thousand, I'm gonna launch. I'm gonna load up more. Um, let's see. There's a couple actually Tesla articles I wanted to mention here. Tesla's launching an electric quad bike in the U.S., which is hilarious. Um, let's see. Tesla Link has launched an electric quad bike for kids in the United States for nineteen hundred dollars. Two years after the electric car maker introduced the all-terrain vehicle, along with its pickups vehicle Cybertruck. CyberQuad for Kids is inspired by the Cybertruck model and begins shipping in two to four weeks. Wow. Can't be shipped to Hawaii, Alaska, or Puerto Rico. I don't know. I can't see any pictures of this thing. I'll look. Let's see if we can find a photo of it. Tesla. I mean, it's silly, but if they do that. Oh, shit. It actually. Oh, man. It looks really cool, actually. If this is what it actually is, it looks like the Cybertruck as an ATV. Oh, shit. This thing is badass. Is this just for kids? Can I buy it? I'm buying this. Yo, I'm 100% buying this thing. How is this for kids? It's a big-ass ATV. Like, unless it has, like, no horsepower, which it might. And I'm seeing some kids on it. But this thing's badass. All right, I'm buying this bitch. Two grand? Yeah, we'll do that. No problem. (laughs) Uh, that'd be hilarious. I would just love to ride that around like beach towns in Michigan. That'd be amazing. Um, but like I said, if Tesla goes under a thousand or even close to a thousand, I might just spend the rest of cash in my account picking up Novonics and Tesla, like buy like another couple shares of Tesla and just load up the rest on Novonics. Um, but interesting, this article came out yesterday, Tesla stock manager, um, he manages a new ETF and made Elon and made uh, Tesla the number one holding in the account. I believe the fund is okay. It's Gary Black and business partner David Callis established a technology-oriented future fund active ETF in August and made Tesla's top holding, representing more than ten percent of the portfolio's assets. So pretty huge. Um, <clears throat> and they started this in August. I mean, good time to start it. I guess it went on a tear. Let's see. I'm gonna see what they say as far as. Oh, they're comparing it to kind of Amazon as far as their returns. Yeah, because even kind of saying how even now, <clears throat> Amazon still trades high at 69 times price uh, PE. So let's see. 
Okay, Black's case for Tesla's value today based on his own estimates, which incorporate third quarter numbers provided by the Future Fund team by Bloomberg. Black expects the world BEV, so battery electric vehicle, adoption rate to climb to 6% in 2021 from 3% in 2020 and continue rising to 30% by 2025. Meanwhile, he expects Tesla to hold a 21% market share. Interesting. Um, yeah, and so it's kind of just like, I feel that's why like me and a lot of my friends who are big Tesla holders are excited for next year because honestly, I'm... <clears throat> I'm surprised that Tesla had as good of a year this year as it did because I was kind of expecting the market to kind of punish Tesla for its great growth in 2020. I thought it was going to, I honestly thought Tesla was going to trade sideways or just even just trade flat and trade a little lower for the year. Like I thought they were just going to um, kind of end the year that way. That's where I really thought they were heading. But um, they just have continued, I, I guess other EV companies stepping on their own foot is kind of, have kind of hurt, but also, Rivian coming out and being as valued as they are kind of shows just how much the market loves EVs. And so that, I think, helped push the stock quite a bit. It's like, well, if Rivian's $100 billion, then of course Tesla's worth a trillion because they actually sell vehicles and make them and have the most, you know, uh, the strongest brand out there. They really do. Um, so I want to load up on more. Uh, I'm always hesitant because Tesla makes up like 40% of my portfolio. So it does make me nervous sometimes to add more like that. But at this point, it's like when you really believe in stocks, like I said last week, like if you really believe in something, then just, just go hard on it. Just go hard on it and, and believe in it. And, and then when things take a crash, you're not, you don't feel as shitty because you believe in it for your own reasons. You're not following it for anyone else. Um, so I'll probably, uh, I'll probably do that, add on to a little bit of Tesla while, whilst I uh, watch my square stock melt. It'll come back. It'll come back. We'll keep telling us that, telling ourselves that. Um, but there could be some more pain. I mean, this is a 52-week low, I think, for for Square or Block, I should say. So we haven't seen this this level in a year. I mean, it went up to almost $290 a share. Now we're 100 bucks off of that at 187.50. So I'm interested to see how this plays out. I think, like, how's Facebook doing post the meta stuff? 309, huh? I mean, Facebook's taking a little bit of a tumble too. So um, I don't have any Facebook stock. Like I said, that's one that if Facebook went under 300, I might just get some because I just feel like they're, like I said, they're the market leader of social media. They're always going to find a way to be on top. And if someone comes up, they'll just buy them. So I, I've debated buying Facebook stock. I don't because the social media kind of creeps me out like that. I mean, I love social. I, I like it. We use it all the time, but it's because we're all addicted to it. That's the problem. Um, let's see. Oh, and as I'm just kind of perusing here, let's get back to Amazon real quick. Uh, Amazon stock got a price target hike. Uh, UBS sees it hitting 4,700. And I'm not even going to read through the article, but I guarantee he says something about Amazon Web Services. <laughs> um, actually, let's do a quick. Yep, first thing you mentioned, improved margins, including advertising, Amazon Web Services, and price rises. Amazon's raising fees for third-party sellers, using its fulfillment by Amazon service beginning of 2022. Um, oh, gotcha. So basically, they're just going to make more, make it more competitive with... They're just going to charge more money. Hey, that should probably help my Shopify stock. If they're going to charge vendors more money to do fulfilled by Amazon, then that's going to make companies like Shopify do better because they're going to be like, sweet, I'll just step over here and make my own company. 
and my own website. Um, and Shopify did go on a pop last week because of like record Black Friday numbers. Um, merchant sales from Black Friday through Cyber Monday reached $6.3 billion globally, a 23% increase over 2021 or 2020. And more than double merchant sales during the holiday weekend, 2019. So more than double pre-pandemic numbers. Damn. The results came even as Black Friday sales declined for the first time to $8.9 billion. So for the first time, Black Friday overall slowed down. But online, more than double 2019 and 23% over a year. So that's crazy. That's a very powerful statistic when we break it down. Because to think that the online merchants are doing double the business with the overall sales declining, that's pretty gnarly. That's pretty badass. That's like Novonics having a green day when everything's red, which has been continuing to happen. And Novonics is a foreign stock. So you pay that foreign fee, which is annoying. But since it's foreign, I feel like it does, it's not as affected as much by U.S. markets. Like when U.S. markets are taking a shit and everyone's scared about whatever, like there'll be days where it's like just horrible, like just red, as like just really a red day, a red day across the board. And I'll look at Novonics, Novonics will be up like 7%. Like that's just in the green. It'll be up big. So, and I keep saying like someone must know something. I keep thinking of like all of their, their production numbers going from 10,000 metric tons to 40,000. That's a 4X in two years based on their own calculations. Hardly anyone's talking about them. I'm surprised at how much info I've been able to find on them because you really can't find much information on Novonics. It's, easy, it's getting a little bit easier now, but it's still tough. It's never mentioned on MSNBC. It's never mentioned by any news media outlet. It's never mentioned on any of these social media um, finance people that I follow. It's not mentioned on Wall Street Bets. It's not mentioned on Reddit. So it's like I'm it's excited to see when someone makes the connection. I can't believe it hasn't happened yet. I can't be the only one. How am I the only one making this connection? It can't just be me and my friend in Kalamazoo, Michigan that caught eye of Novonics. Hey, maybe it is because it looks like a lot of these buyers are just big money. So it's, it's big money buyers and people of this podcast who own Novonics, which is badass. All right. Um, damn. It's like, again, I want to buy more, but it's almost $9. And my, I initially bought it for $1.50. So <laughs> it's like, talk about raising your cost average. But why not? I mean, it's, it's up 600% year over year. It just has more room to grow. It just has more. It has such a good growth story. It's like they're going to be able to supply not just Tesla if they want to, but they can supply everybody with this material. And we're not accounting for like some of the acquisitions that could come through still. Like there's still, like there's still companies like Tesla that could make a purchase or even GM, Ford, Lucid, any of these companies that I talk shit on. Hey, you want to buy, acquire some of Novonics? Go for it. You know, I still think they're a good business. I think Tesla's going to beat them to the punch. But hey, why not? And then also NASDAQ inclusion. Once they, they applied in May, I don't know if that's been approved. The fact that the stock has been running up like crazy tells me something's up. Someone knows something. So it's very possible they get added to the NASDAQ. And if they do get added to the NASDAQ, then it's like, all you know, sky's the limit, you know, because... Then they're going to get all the media attention. And they once once the meme stock crowd and dumb money catches eye of Novonics, it's really going to pop. And it's not because it's a dumb money stock. It's a great, it's a smart stock. It's just, um, I could see a lot of dumb money falling into it. Um, but, yeah. 
I think that's about good on that. Um, I was gonna. Re- this is coming out a day late. I was gonna record uh, the other night. I came. I went to a dinner. Well, not a dinner. I went to go get drinks. A friend of mine in town <clears throat> was at a, a a dinner for her roommate who had a birthday or something. And these are like younger women, like twenty four, twenty five. So annoying is what I'm trying to say. And so I went to this this hangout. I just wanted to see my friend. I wanted to see my friend and say hi. Just real quick. They were literally like, I'm I'm staying in the East Village. They were literally like two blocks from me. I texted her and I was like, hey. She's like, hey, come out. Say, hey, come get a drink. And I was like, well, are you close by? They were literally across the street. So it's like, uh, I don't really have an excuse. Not that I was looking for one. But if they were further away, I was like, I'm not going to make a hike here to hang out. But um, went to go hang out. And this is just a, a common rule. This is one of these things like... I'm no, no knock on anyone who has like whatever income level you're at, but know, know your income level when you go out and party. Uh, this is a thing I've noticed with a lot of friends uh, over the years, not just in this example, but these girls, we're in the East Village, Manhattan. There are so many cool restaurants and dive bars and interesting places to have a good time. But these bitches wanted to go to the nicest restaurants and the nicest bars in town and the nicest shit, and they don't have $3 to their name. They kept stressing out about the money. Before we left the last bar, okay, before we, hang on, we got to backpedal. I get there, the six women and like a couple of guys, one of the guys, the girl, one of the girl's birthday, it's one of the girl's birthday, I forget her name, but there's another girl there who's like, not, not the birthday girl, but she's like leading the pack. Like she's telling everyone where to go. Like we gotta go to this restaurant, we gotta go to this restaurant. And she's got some like Indian suave boyfriend who's a chef at one of these places who's telling us where to go in all these places, all these fancy places. And immediately I'm like, I hope this guy's getting a commission. This, it was such a grift. Like, and that guy was in no way that person's boyfriend because they ordered food that he sent out and then he was like, Sent out, he's like, hey, order a round of shots before you guys go. And like basically uh, making the kind of insinuating that he'd take care of it. Well, he did it. And there were six shots at $16 a piece, which is fine. I don't give a shit. I know it's what's going to happen. We're in Manhattan. When you order shots at a nice bar, they're going to be expensive. But these girls in their early 20s didn't know that. And they were like, oh my God, what are we going to, like one of the girls like, I'm not going to be able to pay my rent this month. Then why are you here? Why are you here? If you can't pay your rent and $16 is going to break the bank, well, kick rocks. Your birthday should be at McDonald's, okay? I'm sick of this shit. I have friends that do it all the time. They'll want to go out to dinner and be like, let's go to the nicest place in town and then order fucking appetizers. Don't do that. It's embarrassing. You're not fooling anyone. No one in the restaurant thinks you're rich because you ordered crab cakes, Okay? So knock it off. I was so pissed. We were at that one bar. We leave, which fine, whatever. I wasn't annoyed at the first place. I was annoyed at how long it took them to move their asses to go to the next location and just be like, hey, let's just go to a bar. Like, let's go here. I want to go to this rooftop. It's December, bitch. Are you out of your goddamn mind? Anyways, we go to another bar. I think it's called Double Chicken, please. So if you know the name, dumb, horrible name, by the way. Double Chicken Please is the name of their fucking restaurant. But it's like a bar, like a total hipster bar, fancy as fuck, two separate bars, one in the front, one in the back. If you go in the back, apparently we had a group of seven or eight, had two more friends showed up. But if you have a group of ten, they require you to spend $50 per person if you have more than ten. And the second we had ten, they came over like like flies on shit, man. Hey, you have more than ten people. We need to, You guys got to order more drinks here. 
And I was like, okay, I'll just leave. We'll just get out of here. And then we closed the tab because they were like, okay, you guys got to order more or go. I'm like, okay, we'll just close it. And then they charged me for not getting a drink. I got a drink at the front bar, some $14 horseshit cocktail that came out of a spigot from some French fuck. So I paid for that and then sat in the back. And then like, oh, you didn't get a drink back here. I was like, well, I got a drink up the front. Well, that doesn't count. Well, fuck off. Are you, what are you, is there a problem with the rent here? Are you guys are you, are you struggling? Are you having problems paying the bills here? This is insane. And I kind of got into it with the waitress, the server. Because like, how, how, how can you legally just charge people money? I just I walk in the door and I get charged for not having a drink? Like, how is that legal? I'll sue your balls off. Like, how is that? How have you not gotten pit? Have you not? What? I would love to have a business where if you just came in, I can charge you. Oh, yeah, there's nine of you. That'll be 20 apiece. Get the fuck out. I even said, I was like, well, if you're going to charge me, can I just get a drink? And she said, no, we're just charging you. Are you insane, bitch? And then people got mad at me for making a scene. Well, I didn't make a scene. I just got mad at her and like, was like confrontational. It was very Larry David-esque. That's always funny. People love Larry David on HBO until you act like him in person at their dinner party. And they don't like it. It's not as cute then. But when it's on HBO with old Larry, it's fun. But until I do it at dinner. <laughs> ugh. But that's why I came home from that. And I was like, I'm not really in the mood to record. If I, did, if I recorded that night, the whole episode would have been me just ranting about this. And I'm glad I ended the episode with it and started with it. Because people would be like, why are we not talking about finance? We're just going off about his dinner party. It's just annoying. And like I said, that guy that was dragging us around, like that was influencing the girl to like be like, hey, let's go here. And she's like, all right, let's go here. He's so-and-so says it's the spot to be. Let's go. And so, like, he kept telling her where to go and, like, manipulating the whole group to go places. And, like, there's no way this guy wasn't getting paid a percentage. Like, he's definitely, like, he's a good-looking Indian dude. He's a good-looking guy. And I'm like, dude, I guarantee his side hustle is to find women like that and be like, oh, yeah, I'm your boyfriend. Bring your friends to my thing. And he probably, I I guarantee that's his side hustle. I guarantee it, man. This is New York City. This This is where that kind of shit happens. I guarantee it. So I was like, this is a grift. Fuck this guy. I'm not into it. <clears throat> um, and just the fact that, like, and, and, and the body language, like, she was all over him. Like, she was, like, head over heels, like, all over him, like, trying to give him kisses. And he was, like, literally on his phone. Like, literally looking at his phone, both hands, not even looking at her, while she's, like, trying to kiss him and caress his shoulder and whisper sweet nothings in his ear. And he, like, couldn't be more annoyed. Like, he's just trying to find the next four-star restaurant he can take us to and get 20% of the bill. Fucking dick. I just... Ugh, that was so annoying. But I wanted to share that story because I, I want... I, and, and this is like... I doubt anyone that listens to this show is in that world, world. People that are investing and care about their money and trying to better themselves, I highly doubt are going to the nicest bars in town with $100 to their name. I hope no one on this podcast is that retarded. But, hey, maybe you are. And if you are, knock it off, all right? There's nothing wrong with going to Chili's and having a good time, Okay. I've had such a better time at Chili's with 40 bucks than I have in certain restaurants with 200 you know? And I'm not saying don't go to like, hey, I love nice restaurants. People follow me on Instagram and so they, they see what I'm up to. I love to eat food and go to nice places. But there's a time and a place. And when I do go, I don't, I don't go to the nicest sushi restaurant in town and order just a bottle of sake and fucking crab cakes. I don't do that, okay? I'm like, give me your best roll. What are you known for? Give me all that shit and the bottle of sake and we'll get out of here. Do it right or don't do it at all, all right? That's all I got.